0: I get two mics today the whole day because the batteries are out in my pack, and it would be really awkward to try to change them with a dress on, so um, I'm going with this one, but this week, um, we're talking about marriage, and I was actually talking with a girlfriend earlier this week, and I said, so what are you, like, what are you up to, and she said, well, I'm making a get better soon card for my husband, and I was like, oh, man, like, I didn't didn't even know he was sick, and she's like, oh, no, 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 he's not sick, he could just get better, you know? (laughs)
1: That's so wrong. That's so wrong. That's like all of us. Okay, so I've got a joke too. Um, So a woman came across a poster online that showed a man passionately kissing a woman in the pouring rain, and she said to her husband, why don't you ever kiss me like that? And he looked at the picture and shrugged and said, we never get that much rain. (laughs) it's, it's, It's just that easy. But we're talking about marriage, and we really entitled this The Vow looking at what marriage is supposed to be. And last week, we we jumped right into Genesis, the book of beginnings. We said, in the beginning, what was marriage supposed to be? And and God said, we looked and it said, like, God made this. And that marriage really is plan A. It's not plan B. Like, before the fall, God's like, I'm going to bring man and woman. And honestly, the big takeaway was we were made for this. And it can be great. But great marriages are made, they're not found. It's not I married the perfect one, so no, no, no. Those who marry will have trouble. It's, it's we make it great, we were made for it, but sometimes just knowing that we were made for this gives us hope that it can be great. Instead of having that thought, well, is this the wrong person and what about this? No, 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 you can, it can be great. So today we're gonna look, and as, as we're talking about marriage, marriage is unique. It is unique in, it is unlike every other relationship you have. It's not a, a like any other relationship, it's not a friendship just turned up a little bit. That, that's not what it is. It is unique in every way. It is unlike every other relationship. So knowing that marriage is this and that God designed it, what's it supposed to be like? Well, it's a great question. Good job, good job. But Ephesians 5 is where we find that answer. So if you have your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 5, and we'll start in verse 21. And this is where God really lays out His design for what marriage is supposed to be. Ephesians 5 verse 21 says this, And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We have two people of equal value. You come together together. Verse 22, it says, Wives, this means submit to your husband as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. Now, he is the savior of his body, the church. And as the church submits to Christ, so wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Okay, you can breathe now. All right. So we read that, and I didn't see any faces faces pucker up when I read that word submit. So good job. Like, wait, wait, way to go. Um, And anytime I'm going to preach this, I'm like, babe, just get up there with me, please.
0: I I wanted to like get up here and just be like, yes, sir. When he said that, I was like, that would be awesome.
1: (laughs) If he wouldn't have said anything, we could have done it next year, like next time. Okay. Okay. Um, But God really lays out a design for marriage, this unique relationship. And in this unique relationship, just like anything else, anything with two heads is a monster. Like, it's, it, it's weird, it's freak, you, you're like, radiation poisoning? Like, what happened? Why does it have two heads? This isn't what it's supposed to be. Or you're like, it's got two heads, let's go to the circus and see it. Because that's where, it, like, this is, this is weird. Marriage is not different than that. Marriage is two becoming one, and God's like, look, there's not going to be two heads trying to steer this thing, there's going to be one, and so God's like, look, that is going to be the husband. Now, I know every time, every time I go to preach on this, there's a bit of like, mm-hmm. there's this kind of like soft rumble goes through the room, some faces. Um, but here's the thing. God designed this. And as we look at this, it's really amazing what he designed. And here's what he has to say about it.
0: He looks... Oh, yeah, I was gonna say I get to say something, right? Go for it. <laughs> so one of the ways Samuel describes this, and I remember, um, I remember the first time he said it. I said, "That is it. That is it." He said that submission is a shield, not bars, right? So submission is meant to be a covering, not a cage. It's meant to be a rain jacket, not a straitjacket. So in submission, I think when because we're both very strong-willed, when we first got married, I was kind of like. Uh, I really did not like the idea of submission, the word submit, because I didn't recognize it was a choice. I thought it was like, you have to do this. But it's actually something I choose. I get to choose to submit. And what I'm submitting to is exactly that. It's a covering. Just like God put the cloud and the fire over the Israelites in the desert to cover them for protection. And so that's what it's meant to be. I can move freely under a covering. I can't move freely in a cage, and so um, I just encourage you to look at that picture of submission as well as a shield, not bars.
1: When, whenever I'm in pre-marriage, if, if somebody asks, uh, do you do weddings? Yes, we absolutely do. I do some, uh, and they're like, well, what, what does that mean? I'm like, well, we're going to sit down, and we're going to talk about what the Bible has to say about marriage, and one of the things is we're reading through Ephesians 5 here, as I'll typically say, is, is I'll look at the bride-to-be, and I'll be like, do you trust him? To make decisions with your best interest in mind. If you don't, don't get married. Like, like, just, just just don't do it. And then I ask, like, has he shown you, and however long you've been together, that he can make decisions with your best interest in mind? That that's what this is when you choose to lead. And here's the deal it's it's a lot to carry. Because understand this, as a husband, you will answer to God for how your family and your household was run. For the spiritual temperature growth in your house, you will answer to God for that. Whether you recognize this role or not, because God gave it to you, it's yours. This is, so it is a weight to carry, but it's meant to be something that we Get to do and we serve in this now. If when I say submit, you're like, mm, I don't know. Mm, this is just one of those like, wife, not not physically beating, but you kind of just beat them down, and they got to be sub- just got to like be home barefoot, pregnant, and washing dishes. That's not a bad thing, okay? Like, like I love you. That's not bad at all. But that's not the only option, okay? Because let's just look, and I'm going to read from Proverbs 31. And I want you to see that these are two sides of the same coin. A quarter is a quarter because it has two intact sides. Any one of those sides of a quarter or any other uh, U.S. coin, if one tact is not inside, it's no longer good. You can't use it. It's no longer legal tender anymore. Both sides need to be there. Here's the other side. I want you to just think as I'm going to read some of Proverbs 31. Now, Proverbs 31, starting at verse, I think it's like a 10 or 11, uh, is what's known as the virtuous woman. And the Bible kind of lays out a little bit about this amazing woman of God. And this is what it says. I'm going to start in verse 13. It says, she finds wool and flax and busily spins it. She's like a merchant ship bringing Her food from afar, she gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household. She plans the day's work for the servants. She goes and inspects a field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. You know what it didn't just say there? It didn't just say she asked her husband permission to go shopping. That's not what it says. It says that she saw a field and she bought it. She considered her earnings and is like, okay, am I profitable? What am I doing here? Verse 17, she's energetic and a strong, hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. Her hands are busy, spinning threads, her fingers twisting fibers. She extends her helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. Like, She's getting it done. She's got this business. She's like, this is what I'm doing. She manages her household. Even the things that she's not doing, she knows what's happening, and she's making sure it's getting done. This, she has business. She's out there getting it done. You want to know what it says about the husband in Proverbs 31? It says two things about the husband. One, it says that he is seated at the city gate. Which you're like, okay, so he's sitting down, like, is he on break? Okay, well, what that would mean at that time is if you had a legal matter or you needed some business to be done, you needed to even exchange of property, you would go before the elders of the city, and where would they be found? At the city gate. So it's saying that this is where he is, it says that he has in the community of an honored position and a position of authority. And you know the other thing it says about the husband, the only other thing it says is that he brings... And he praises her.
0: She's you know, a- one of the things that I love about this is um, when we first got married, you know, again, I said we we're very strong-willed. We still are, but it was a little bit different back then. And um, I remember we had this argument and I was so certain I was right, and he's, he was so certain that I was wrong. And I remember just being like, hey, I need, like, I'm one of those people that I need, I need a little bit of space. I got to be able to think about it, right, process it. So I'm like, I'm going to go process it, and I'm thinking, I'm going to go process how to convince you how wrong you are that I'm wrong, okay? So I step out of the room, and I, I head up to our room, and I sit down, and it was clear as day, so plain, the minute I sat down, that I was actually wrong very obviously wrong. And before I could get up to go apologize and go kind of correct it, there's a knock at the door and Samuel comes in and he's got his Bible. So I'm like, like, okay, not only am I wrong and we just had this argument and I was wrong in the argument, but now he's going to like tell me like with the Bible, how wrong I am. Right? Like everybody loves that. The eye roll was totally natural. (laughs) Um, And he comes in, and he sits down, and he has it open to Proverbs 31, so it was like, again, like, continue, you know? And he sat down, and I was obviously not behaving as the woman in Proverbs 31. You know, I would say most days of my life, I do not um, exhibit those characteristics. But what he did was he sat down, and he went through Proverbs 31, and he put in all of the wonderful godly things about me, all of the things he loved about me. And so I would encourage you, like even when he talks about the man praising his wife, um, I would really encourage you, husbands, pray over your wives and call out the good in them. They may not be the Proverbs 31 woman. They may not be a mere reflection of her, but they have been created in the image of God. And like Samuel said last week, you were made for marriage. They were made for marriage. And you can call out all of the wonderful things in your wife, and you will see her grow and fall more in love with you and fall more in love with the Lord under that leadership.
1: Yeah, it, makes, it makes such a difference. I heard a story about uh, a guy. Uh, a governor of a town, and he and his wife are on a trip, and they stop at a gas station. And as they get to the gas station, and he gets out, and he's pumping gas, and his wife goes in and says, hey, runs into somebody in the store, and is like, come, comes back out, and she says to her husband, she says, you're not going to believe it. See that guy over there? I used to date him. I dated him in high school. And her husband's like, What? And to, he kind of just peeks around the corner, looks like he works at the gas station, maybe he's a mechanic there, or owns it, he's not exactly sure, he's kind of kind of dirty doing his thing, and the husband looks and looks at him, and then looks back at their nice car, and looks over at him and goes, nudges his wife, and is like, aren't you glad, aren't you, glad you married me? And she's like, well, yeah, yeah, I am, and he's like, no, 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 aren't you, aren't you glad you married me and not him, like, you know, I'm the governor, and, and she goes, well, yeah, I'm glad I married you, not him, but know this, if I had married him, he'd be the governor, And and can I just say, when you look at the Proverbs 31 woman, you see the husband, and there's two things about him that I already mentioned. And marriage is meant to be two people coming together. It's the two become one, and we do. We are to help and to build up and to elevate the others so that they can be all that God created them to be. Being the head of your home is not, well, what I say goes, it's over. Just, just do what I say when I say the way that I say it. That's not what it is. In fact, in Ephesians, it says this in chapter 5, verse 25. It says, For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church, and He gave up His life for her. Now, as men, that's not hard to imagine doing for our wives. Dying like, getting in the way? Oh, absolutely. Like, I don't have to think twice about that. Yeah, I'll, I'll die for her. I'll protect her. Absolutely. But here's where I think it's even harder. Harder than just simply dying is giving up. I think it can be harder to live this than it would be to simply just die. Because that's in you and I as men. We're like, yeah, we'll do it. Yep. Here we go. What can be hard is being like, No. I'm going to make decisions that I believe are best for our family. It can be hard to spend that time daily in God's Word so that we can be hearing from God, getting direction, and then spiritually leading our homes and our families. Because there's times you want to sleep in, or you're like, I know the things I've got to do, and I could get started on them right now. It can be so, so much harder. But it's two that come together and are one. Now, Becca said it, that, that when we got married, we were, we're both very strong-willed, um, we're both very opinionated, uh, we, we know what we want, absolutely, um, we actually, I think it was like four or five years before we, we met, her roommate that she had um, was, was actually trying to get us to, to, to know each other, not like set us up on a date or anything, um, and then when we finally did meet, What?
0: Are you going to say what she said?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> she looks at me and she goes, well, she said to our, our mutual friends, she's like, you, you cannot introduce them. Like, you can, they cannot date. And he's like, well, why? And she goes, they will kill each other. They will literally kill each other. They will die. <laughs> because we're both
1: very strong-willed. And when you're single, you're independent. But when you get married, let me, let me just, I think about it this way. I think of it similar to a canoe. I grew up every summer, and I'd go to church camp. When I was little, I was in the camp. When I wasn't little, um, I worked at these camps. And we'd go to Stony Lake Campground. Um, And actually, that's where our kids are getting ready to go this summer. And when the kids would kind of go to sleep, some, some of the counselors and people doing other things, we would get in the canoes, and we would canoe from Stony Lake. It had an outlet that went all the way to Lake Michigan we get in that canoe, and I loved that trip. It was just fun. We'd go at night, and sometimes you'd hit sticks and fall over, and and I just laughed and had fun. But the fun thing is this, is if you get two strong people in a canoe, one in the front, one in the back, guess what? They just go far. They They just go fast. They're like, they're gone. But you could have, you put one independent person in that canoe, strong or weak, with another, and guess what you have? You have a show. Like if you're out of the canoe, you just sit back and watch because they're going to hit everything all the way because somebody's independent and they won't work together with somebody else. Well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to paddle this side and I'm going to do this. and It doesn't matter if they're front or back. If they're independent, it's over. And you just don't want to be in the canoe. If you're in the canoe, the temperature gets a little bit hot. If you're out of the canoe, you just laugh your head off and just like, ah, we would stay back. Like these guys are not going to do it. I watch couples. I remember one couple in particular, they were they were engaged and they got in that canoe and they fought so bad. I remember thinking, how are they going to get married? I'm like, I think I was like 13 years old and I'm like, how are they going to, it's going to be so I bad. I do think
0: it should be like a prerequisite, like you, you go on a canoe trip. <laughs> you know, I, I love it. I think... Um, We have, Samuel says quite often, he says, you know, you don't just sleep together, you dream together. And so we want to be pursuing the dreams that God gave us together. And that can seem kind of strange when we have very different giftings. But really, when you think about it, it's very similar to our military. So in our military, there are all sorts of branches, but then you get the different parts that pursue the same ends in different ways. So you get the Marines that does it one way, and then you get the Army that does it another way, and you get all the different parts pursuing the same goal with their specific giftings. And that's a lot of what marriage is supposed to look like, too. Where does God have us going, and then how can my gifts contribute to getting us there?
1: Absolutely. It's two strong people working together to accomplish this, God's will and purpose in and through your life. That's what we're here to do. 1 Corinthians 7 talks about and Here's here's what it says about the priorities that we're meant to have. 1 Corinthians seven thirty three. but a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who's no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. This is what we do. It's God, and then when you get married, it's God and your spouse. Like, it's not the other way around. It's it's God and then your spouse. And we are to think of ways to help each other. Jesus laid down his life. As, As the husband, I lay down my preference. Now, there, there might be some things that it's like, okay, well, this is how we're going to be. This, this is the attitude. This is the language that's going to be okay. Uh, this is the direction that we're going in this house. That Well, all like. And i like, and honestly, I got this off of like Simpsons years ago. There's one episode where Homer and Marge were arguing, and he sticks his foot out from underneath the bed and goes, I'm putting my foot down. Well, and I just do that, and it's kind of a joke at our house.
0: Yeah, you know, though, I think I... I saw a lot more yelling growing up, and so one of the ways this played out for us is, um, you know, when we first got married, I got real mad at him, and so I'm yelling at him. I'm like, wah, you know, and he just looks at me, and he goes, stop. We will not have that in our marriage, and I remember at the time being like, who are you to tell me what we're getting, you know, but <laughs> I will tell you, I am so thankful he set that bar where he did, and and even if, even if we had yelled our whole marriage and today, he's like, stop, we will not have that. We will respect and honor each other in this marriage. Um, I am so thankful for that. Uh, my kids see that and they're like, man, you know, when they see people yelling at each other and they think, um, wow, that's really hard to watch and you and dad don't do that. And I think, yeah, but I would have. But he led when he knew that this was what was best, not only for me, but for our family.
1: So I, I really do. I believe it is. It's a giving up of preference, and it's a serving. It's finding ways to serve one another. Ephesians five twenty six then says this, to make her holy, talking about what the, when the husband serves his wife, it says, to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word, he did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without sprout or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. It's literally like, watch, when you lay down your life like Christ did for the church for your wife, he's like, you're literally giving yourself a gift. You ever clean your car after it was really messy and you get in and you're like, ah, just like, I just feel better. Like it just feels better to be in a clean, nice, like, ah, car. I I remember one time we went out to Montana and we took a bunch of, of kids. I think last week I told you how we chartered a bus. Well, the years before that we had taken vans. And we had taken, we packed these vans and go on a 24 hour something trip out to Montana and we get out there and we were getting ready to come back and I went in one of the vans and I was like, I can't, I can't road trip in this. I was like, hey, let's go clean these things. And a couple of them were like, what? They're just gonna get dirty again. I'm like, I know, but we gotta at least start to trip off with a clean car. I'm like, please. So we jumped in the vans, we went and we took them, we washed the outsides, we vacuumed up the inside and we got in it and I was like, Ah, I'm like, yes. Okay, I'm ready for the trip back home. You're, you're literally doing something for yourself. And what it, the, the picture it says here is it's like, look, you're presenting a gift to yourself. You're presenting her to you. When you just are like, okay, I'm going to lay down my life. Yeah, this isn't what I want. It's laying down some of those preferences. It's, it's laying down. When, when I'm in pre and I'm talking to the guys, what I'll be like, I'm like, hey, are you willing to give up for her, and they're always like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." I'm like, "Okay, are you are you willing to give up golf? Are you willing to give up that show? Are you willing to give up hunting? That's something that's close to me. I don't know what it might be for you." Because that's what it, it's giving up. But here's the deal: we give up to go up, and we understand that in almost everything. We understand that in almost absolutely everything. But you want your marriage to get better. And as I read this, here's what I know. I know that not every marriage here today is like this. I know some of the marriages that are not like this aren't bad. And so you can sit here and be like, well, what we're doing works for us. And I'll give you it probably is. It can. But here's something I want you to realize. If we do it God's way, it'll be better. And I believe that with all of my heart, that when we do things God's way, we get the best. Realize this, God does not bless what we ask him to, no matter how many times you ask. God, bless me as I walk into this bank to rob it. He ain't gonna do it. God, close the eyes of the tellers as I reach over the counter. He's not doing it. God's blessing is on his way. When we do it God's way, we get his blessing. We find that over and over. When we do it God's way, so here, your marriage might not look like this and for lots of different reasons. Maybe, maybe you're here and you're like, I'd, I'd love it if my husband would lead, but he doesn't, so I do. Um, he can. He was made to do it. Why do dogs bark? Because they're dogs. That's just what they do. If you are, let me, let me just say this, As, amen, God designed you and made you and has called you to be the head of your home and he will not call you to do anything he will not qualify you to do. But remember this, God does not call the qualified, he qualifies the called. So it might take some work and some energy on your part to stand up and maybe some dying to self that you haven't done in a while, but you can do it and love your wife and lay down your life for her just like Christ did the church.
0: And you know, if that sounds overwhelming, I just want to encourage you. The word says that the steps of the righteous are blessed by the Lord. It's not the leaps and bounds. You can move from where you are today. You can move one step closer to everything that God has for you and and what he's called you to. um, And that one step is an act of faithfulness. And he will bless that.
1: Absolutely. Verse 29, Ephesians 5. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother. The two are united and they become one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way that Christ and the church are one. So again, I say each must love his wife. Each must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. It really is meant to be not a battle but it's just a continual, as, as, as I fulfill my role in loving and laying down my life for her, it's easier for her to trust and respect the decisions that I'm making. As I come to her and say, there's a big decision coming up. I'm not just going to go make it in a closet and come back, but I need your perspective, I need your wisdom, I need your insight, I need your feelings, whatever those are. I'm teasing. We need all of it. I need to know what you're thinking about it. And we come together and we're like, okay, here's, we, we can make a decision. As we do this over and over and over, it gets easier and easier for her to be like, yup, I trust you. You were right last time. Okay, let's do it again. We missed it. Pretty sure we missed it last time, but we made that decision. We yep, and We want God's blessing on our life. We're going to do it his way. Let's try this again. Jeremiah 29.11 says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. There's hope for your marriage. It's not easy to switch and to do things God's way. It's really not easy to switch when we've got a pattern. We're like, you know, we've just kind of been doing this. And we've kind of just fallen into our thing. Do we really want to You know, upset the apple cart? Do we really want to try to change it? If it's changing it to line up with God's word, yes. Absolutely. It might take some work. And like Becca said, start with a step. It says the steps of the righteous, not the leaps of the righteous. You're like, God, I'm going to take that step. A simple step. One is, you know, encourage. Wise, if your husband isn't leading that home, encourage him. Well, he doesn't ever pray. If he prays for the food and says, good Lord, good meat, let's eat, that's enough right there. Be like, thank you for doing that. that thank you. We men are really simple. I mean, I mean, you're, you've probably complicated things way, way, way too much. You just tell us good, and we're like, what, what was that? Like, we love it. Absolutely. Men gravitate to where they are respected, whether it's at home, whether it's a job, whether it's business, whether it's a game, whether it's a sport. Watch what happens when you just build him up. Build up the good that he does do instead of pointing out all the things that he does wrong. Husbands, start. The number one place that you start to lead your family is spiritually. You can't lead anybody spiritually if you're not growing spiritually. You can't lead your family and be like, this is where God's leading us to go if you're not spending time in his word. The number one way that God leads his people is through his word. And I think it's incredibly funny when people are praying and they're like, God, I want you to speak to me, and yet they won't pick up their Bible. You're like, He already did. It's right in there. Pick it up and look. So the number one thing I would say to you men is this is be growing spiritually spend that time in God's Word. I cannot tell you how many times I've had my morning devotions and been like, mm, it's done. And later that day or that week, something arises and I'm like, actually that I just read that the other day. Let God lead you and speak to you. The number one way he does it is in His word. With that, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? You know as we're, we're here today, and maybe you're here and you're like, yep, I'm, I hear you. I know that I'm supposed to be the head of my house, but I don't know how. Maybe for whatever reason it might be. And you're like, I want to I wanna lead in the God-honoring way. Maybe, maybe you've been leading, but it hasn't been in a sacrificial way. It's been my way or the highway. It's been something completely different. But today you say, you know what, God, I want to lead my family the way that Christ led the church. I want to lay my life down for. I want to lift my family up and help them to be and do all God's called them to be. If that's you, I'd love to pray for you this morning. If that's you, just lift your hand right now so I can see it and say, that's me. Today's the day I need to. All right, hands down. God, I just pray right now for every man that just lifted their hand. God, they are hungry for more of you. Your word says that if we seek, we find. If we ask, we receive. God, when they just lifted their hands, they just asked for you to empower them, for you to help them, for you to guide them as they step into leading their family in a way that they haven't before, in a God-honoring way to leading their family and helping them to be and do all that you've called them to. God, I thank you for what you're doing in this place. If you're here this morning, you don't know where you don't know where you stand with God. I don't want to assume that just because you're here, that you know. Just because you came to church, if you're here, you say, "I want to know where I stand with God. I want to be forgiven. I want to be set free." You say, "Today is the day I want to just give my life to Him. I want to surrender my plans. I want to surrender my purpose." I want him to forgive me, make me new, and I want to begin to fulfill the call and the plan and the purpose that he has for me. If that's you, I'd love the honor of praying with you. Just a minute, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand, and we're going to pray right where you sit, if that's you. If you say, today's the day I want to be forgiven, set free, and I want to be all his. Get ready, one, two, three. All the way up right now, say, that's me, and today's my day. Anybody else? Lift it high so I can see. Anybody else? Okay, every every hand down. Every repeat after me. We're going to pray together. And those that lifted your hands, as you say these words, make them your own. Say them from your heart. God's going to meet you right in this place. When we say amen, you're going to be changed on the inside, brand new, empowered by his spirit to live the way that you know you've always been meant to but couldn't. Let's all pray together right now. Everybody out loud say, Jesus, forgive me and make me new. From now on, I'm yours. I believe that you shed your blood, that you died to pay the price so that I could be free. From now on, I'm yours. With all that I am, I'll serve you in Jesus' name.